I'm not someone who wants to climb the ladder up in the zoo ranks. I thought I'd just always want to – I got my job as a keeper presenter and I thought that's it. I'm I'm, as far as career progression, I'm done. Rather than being ambitious in wanting to move up the ladder, I realised that I'm ambitious in kind of little ways. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. I think even when you don't feel like you're doing – You know, everyone has this thing that they have to change the world. And Mm. it's like, no, you can just change like someone's world. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. I've been so excited to put this episode out into the world since we recorded it a few weeks ago. If there wasn't already enough yay going on up until this point, we were lucky enough to head to Adelaide to record this one on location at Adelaide Zoo. Nick and I are both absolutely obsessed with animals and one of the jobs I've been super keen to showcase on the show is zookeeping. So I'm delighted to have senior zookeeper Michelle Burkett on the show to confirm that it is in fact the best job ever. And we didn't just get to record our chat, we spent a full day exploring exploring and meeting the beautiful animals at the zoo beforehand. I loved meeting Michelle not only because she adores what she does, but also because it's been something she's wanted to do since she was younger and kept at it despite everyone telling her she'd eventually grow out of it. She's also one of the first people we've had on who doesn't struggle as much with the productivity pressure and relentless achievement conveyor belt that we've talked about a lot in prior episodes. It's so refreshing to hear her perspective on ambition and how that doesn't always have to go upwards. I also love that she still squeezed in some time overseas and lots of different jobs along the way, but nothing swayed her away from life at the zoo. I hope she lights you up as much as she did us. Michelle, thank you so much for having us here at the zoo today. No worries. I hope you enjoyed. Oh my gosh. We have just fed penguins. We've fed quokkas. <laughs> we've had a goat party. It's been such an amazing start to the week. It's Monday morning and I'm like, I can't believe that every Monday this is how you start your week. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> we love animals so much and I've just been frothing the whole time like, oh my God, they're so cute. <laughs> and now we're sitting in the zoo library, which is awesome. What an amazing way to start the day. Yeah. <laughs> so the first segment is called Way TA, which is pretty much how you got to where you are today. And I think one of the reasons why that's so interesting is because it usually isn't a clear linear pathway. People often, you know, spend years finding where they want to end up and land their dream jobs. And it often looks like it happened overnight, but it never did. But before we get into that, I want to start with asking you, well, I start the, every podcast with asking you what the most down to earth thing is about you, because I think... On the outside, you know, with titles like senior zookeeper, (laughs) things can be a bit intimidating and they can look very, you know, social media can create a really glossy surface for people as well. So what's something really relatable about you? Uh, Yeah, I think if you look at what I put up on social media, it's always me with an amazing bird or me walking a spectacular animal and we really cherry pick those moments but definitely as a zookeeper I think everyone's got to remember that down earth is most of it is about poop yeah. so <laughs> there is so much poop yeah. <laughs> so that's still like a big part of the job even though we have these spectacular parts yeah uh, that's definitely down to earth <laughs> yeah and we get really obsessed with it as well like never have lunch with a bunch of zookeepers because oh. we're just like oh did you see in the goat yard the other day yeah. it was like really diarrhea and then they're like oh was it like toothpaste oh, or, and, yeah. yeah and everyone else has put off their food and we're just happy eating yeah, so. yeah like describing the texture <laughs> yeah. in great detail <laughs> um so yeah probably poop yeah i mean that's that's that'll bring you down a few pegs yeah if you're ever feeling too glamorous about yourself like. yeah <laughs> okay so you're way ta now i want to take you all the way back to the beginning because i think when we look at what we loved as children it often you know is a clue to what kind of will light us up later on as an adult so 
Tell us about young Michelle. Were you cool at school? Did you have hobbies? Did you always love animals? I always loved animals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think probably a big thing for me was when The Lion King came out. <gasps> that was like my life. That was I it. loved The Lion King so much. <laughs> and that was when I was like, oh my God, I'm going to work with animals. That's oh all I wanted gosh, to do. That's so uh, cool. And I was a, a massive nerd at school. So um, I'd spend a lot of my spare time like watching birds. Uh, no <laughs> like making records as if I was a zoologist and no way. Uh, pretty nerdy, yeah. But now I've embraced the nerd, so Are you, there I just think, comes a point where you're like, yeah. I am who I am. Yeah, and I'm I don't a total care. goober. <laughs> yeah, and I'm quite happy to be a goober, yeah. so I'm really fine with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had a few like moments with you know pets and mm. uh, and meeting animals at zoos, and I, that's really what I wanted to do. I actually thought I wanted to be a vet. Okay. Uh, until. I got to year nine or ten and then I did work experience in a vet and I hated it. Yeah. And that was a bit crushing. <laughs> like now that I look back at it, it was I mean, vets do a lot of different things and I only saw a very small part of what a vet would do. Mm-hmm. But I think I always wanted to work outside and then when I saw that the vets were spending all day inside just mm. seeing dogs and cats, I thought this is just another office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a bit stinkier. So <laughs> Um, and that's when I've, I've had a think and thought, no, nah, I want to be a zookeeper. Oh, my gosh. So you mm. knew from so early. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. And then I, after I finished school, I went overseas for a few years. Yeah, to London. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. And sort of – I thought it was a good idea. I was a bit overstudy. Yeah. I uh, worked a few different jobs. But when I came back, I still wanted to do the same thing. So that was kind of – I felt – like I'd made the right choice because yeah. I gave it a cooling off period, yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's so interesting because when I was mm. looking at that, I saw you went, you know, it was pretty much straight after school, right? Yeah, You went yeah. To, to London and was an accounting exec at Deal Group. Yeah. And I didn't know that you already knew that you wanted to be a zookeeper then. Yeah. And I think that's really cool <laughs> that you were just like, I'm just going to test the waters because I think that's mm. really important. Sometimes you are too, you know, singly focused and you don't look at what else you might that might be out there. So I think yeah. travelling and trying out some different things is definitely a good way to confirm that the dream is actually the dream yeah <laughs> yeah so what why did you go overseas uh for an adventure I think yeah, yeah I just wanted to get out there and see what was out there uh, it was really fun I loved every moment of it uh, we were meant to go for a gap year, but it ended up being a gap for four years. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say, did you think that it was a gap year? Like, mm. I think a lot of people come straight out of school and either they do know what they want to do already or they have no idea more yeah. often, that's the case. Yeah. And they take a gap year to allow them some time just to figure it out. But if you mm. knew what you wanted to do, why, what made you decide that you weren't ready to study? You know? I think I was a bit burnt out from school. Okay. I was a bit sick and um, it took a bit longer to finish than normal. And I, yeah, I felt like I really needed a break. I th- the idea of going straight into <laughs> more, study. more study was <laughs> a bit full on. Um, but now any any kids that I meet or, you know, family, I'm like, take a gap year. Because yeah. <laughs> I think you learn so much from it and yeah, you could just come back refreshed yeah, and totally. actually wanting to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think that's mm. so so true. And if you are feeling really burnt out, it is going to be really like just so much harder than it already is to make big life decisions and yeah. and to enjoy each moment of what you're doing. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people when they came to uni straight from school, they treated it like school. Yeah. Whereas I felt like I'd chosen to be there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there and I wanted to get a lot out of it. Yeah. And so I think it changes your mindset a bit. Yeah, completely. I think yeah. a lot of people say that about postgrad study as well, that after you've kind of gone out and come back, you're definitely only there if you want to be there. Yeah. you're paying full fees, you know, all that stuff. It's like you take a very different approach. Yeah, and you're going to get the most out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were overseas, what did it feel like? Because I think a lot of people, uh, when they're in jobs that aren't their forever job, they kind of find it hard to sit with that yeah but because you knew that maybe it wasn't your forever job how did you sit with that while you were away and then how did you decide I'm going to come home and this is the right time I think it's easy to work in jobs if they've got an end goal Mm -hmm. so we wanted to travel a lot so we probably didn't keep a job for more than a year (laughs) so it was like oh maybe this isn't isn't what I want to do but I'm just going to do it and save up money and at the end of the year we're going to go and have this amazing holiday yeah so I think in that way it made it easier. Mm. Uh, and I think the weird thing was is I didn't think about it when I was overseas, yeah. which now looking back, I think, oh, why didn't I go and do like volunteering at London Zoo or yeah, uh, or yeah. do a research project somewhere? I could have probably done more to help my career now. But yeah, I think it's good to have that break and know that. I love that yeah. so much though. I mean, that's mm. the whole idea of the podcast is that we have to have something separate to our vocation and that it is really hard to give yourself permission to have a job that's not 
for anything. Like that's just yeah. literally I want to pay the bills, yeah. I want to travel, That it's a means to an end. It's not like, you know, pressure to just be achieving all the time. Yeah. And I, and I think I appreciate the little things that jobs have, like whether it's a good crew of people mm. or nice hours that like sometimes we fantasise yeah. about having a job <laughs> where you don't have to work weekends and public holidays or... Yeah, of uh, Yeah, so each job has its perks, even if it's not, you know, your, your dream. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. so important as well to remind mm. people that everything is a step in the right direction, even if it's not your, like... Yeah your career that you're building forever it's fine it's fine to take time and I'm so I love hearing that you took four years for yourself yeah before you even came back to zookeeping that was your time and you weren't you, there's so much pressure I think to like find your thing and then get onto it straight away yeah it's hard to let yourself adventure yeah, yeah exactly and I know people who haven't found what they want to do until they're in their 40s and yeah now they're killing it in their fields and that's fine too so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of pressure to put on people yeah did you feel yeah. pressure during those four years to like come back and settle down I didn't but like my mum was really supportive so yeah. and uh my boyfriend was with me so oh, uh it wasn't really yeah we didn't feel any pressure at all that's which amazing. was good yeah so good <laughs> Okay, so then you came back, was it, when was it, 2008 that you yeah. came back, back in South Australia? That's right, yeah. And did you go straight back into uni? And what was the process of, like, having taken a gap year, what was the process of choosing the course, you know, finding out how to get in and setting yourself up for what was the next little phase of your life? Uh, funnily enough, I was still doing the same course. So when I finished school I applied to get into animal science at Uni of oh. Adelaide. And oh, then, so you just deferred? And then I deferred which oh. meant that it wasn't valid anymore but I could still use my TER to get straight back in okay. or ATAR or yeah yeah whatever, sure what whatever, whatever the kids call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh so uh, you already had gotten in. Yeah and I picked that course I actually I don't even know if they're a thing now but you used to get these big homes called job guides they looked like phone books mm -hmm. and it had all of the different jobs you could do and it told you how to get them and so I just went and said for zookeeper and <laughs> it said go and do animal science at the Uni of Adelaide oh, so that's tick. what I did yeah like, all right then <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> um so it wasn't too hard getting in uh because I, I didn't have to do any tests or anything yeah um and I just started the next intake that that came through which was the start of 2009 oh my gosh that's so cool mm. and it's funny i in the video so there's this awesome awesome video of michelle which is a video for the zoo and the course and one of the things that you said in it was that you had a lot of friends who were just waiting for you to grow out of your love for animals yeah. <laughs> and i love that because the whole point of seize the a is keeping that inner child alive and yeah. keeping the things that you were enamored with as a kid keeping them with you through your whole life because that's when you had no responsibility and if you love those things then then they're the things that are always going to light you up yeah so I love that you're like nah I no. still am into it yeah. like I still want to do this yeah I still get people you, oh I thought you'd grow out of that yeah <laughs> no nope. yeah, here I am oh that is so cool so as a bachelor of science so it's at, at its base the course is a bachelor of science and then animal science is like the specialization mm -hmm. and you did an honours thesis as well in yeah. your degree so what does I mean now seeing that what you do as a zookeeper is so amazing but I imagine the actual course covers a lot of heavy science and a lot of stuff so what does that even involve like what what does each year kind of cover and what are your electives and how do you, you know what does becoming a zookeeper actually require you to study? Um, so lots of people have different pathways to being a zookeeper. So this is just one of them. But I really liked the course, the animal science course. It starts off as basic science mm -hmm. uh, so that you have the understanding of the all the stuff that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we... Ours was fairly structured, so we didn't get too much options for electives. Yeah. Uh, but everything from second year onwards was animal-focused. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, it was good. And I use a lot of it today so yeah. uh, we studied things like nutrition and reproductive physiology uh, and other anatomy and physiology subjects and it all comes together at the end to be really useful oh my gosh that's so cool mm. and do you get to specialize in particular animals like do you go natives or do you keep it really broad like how how much are you kind of learning about specific animals at that time? They, it was very broad and they made sure we saw all the different areas. A lot of it's focused on agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did a lot of different agricultural subjects, which is good because that's where most of our knowledge is because mm. that's where the funding is. So yeah, no one's going to fund finding out what 
you know, is good for a giraffe, <laughs> but we know what's good for a sheep and yeah. we can kind of make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make uh, some connections there. So it was cool to learn the basics on those animals and then mm. we did a little bit of exotic animals, native animals. That's so And cool. pets as well. So Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Well, it would cover everything. Yeah. And then in terms of like prac work, how much of your time was like, did you get to spend time with the animals in your course? Yeah, so at Roseworthy there's a whole farm. So we oh, no. have... Sheep and alpacas and a piggery and uh, chickens. When I was there, there were wallabies. Uh, so, so cool. yeah, and horses and cows. So, yeah, we got to have a lot of hands-on work. And there's also so much research going on there. So mm. I tried to put my hand up to help for a lot of different projects. And then you'd help the postdoctoral researchers. Uh, so we got to, yeah. Wrangle cattle. sheep and help catch bats is yep. what you said in the video. I was like, help catch bats. Yeah. <laughs> yep, help catch bats. Um, went wombat catching once. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, got involved in a lot of lot of things. That is and it's so a really cool. small community up there as well. So you got to like know each other and yeah. know all the researchers and then get involved in what they were doing. And is that what led you to do your own honours thesis? Did yeah. you want to get more into the research side? Yeah. And it was kind of my backup plan as well. So I to thought, do research. yeah, if I didn't like, found I didn't like zookeeping or if I didn't get into zookeeping, then yeah. what would I do? So I thought I'd give it a go. Can you explain? Mm. So um, Michelle's honours thesis is characterization of the microbial population in the hind gut of the koala, Phascolactos cinereus. Beautiful. <laughs> Interpret that for the layperson. Um, well, in our bellies, we have good bugs and bad bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microbiome. Exactly. Diversity yep. in the gut. Exactly. Uh, so koalas are no different. And oh. they eat this really toxic food. It's ridiculous. Like they eat one of the most toxic things you can imagine. And they've got to get all of their nutrients from that. So they have special uh, bacteria in their gut that help them to uh, get rid of the toxins and... Uh, pick out the nutrients so uh yeah my project was to try and characterize them and see what they are because we were hoping um that at some point we'll be able to make a koala probiotic to help sick koalas (laughs) oh my gosh so it's probably something that to you because you've done it and because you've been interested in the industry for so long it probably just falls on you like yeah that's just what you know we do yeah (laughs) but to the outside world the fact that you can go catch wombats in your degree like your uni experience involved looking at koala guts like that's just it's the coolest thing ever and it but it's so foreign to people who are outside the industry so it's so Mm. interesting to hear what you actually do (laughs) and what kind of research do you have to do do you actually observe koalas or you know how do you kind of form an an honors thesis uh it depends on which one it was so unfortunately for mine I got ones that had been deceased so a lot of them unfortunately get hit by cars up here uh, in the hills so uh, we were taking the guts out of the bacteria out of them and seeing what they were Mm. Uh, so you're in the lab to get yeah in the lab oh really sciencey yeah (gasps) yeah that's your nerdy side Mm. coming I know (laughs) (laughs) got to culture bacteria got to do microscopy and wow and then when you get towards you know the middle towards the end of your degree I imagine that with animal science, there's actually more than just zookeeping that you can do. Like there's lots of different pathways. So how do you start to discern what parts you're going to want to do and what did some of your peers end up doing if they didn't do zookeeping? Like what are the different pathways that you can do with it? Um, So I think a lot of it, the course is very structured. So I think uh, what you do after and what you're doing with your volunteer time during your degree is really important if you mm-hmm. want to specialise. Uh, but it's pretty broad. Uh, I do know a lot of friends who have become zookeepers, yeah. so a big handful. Uh, one of my friends from course is a dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. Oh, my god! Yeah. <laughs> so that was a big dream for her. That's so um, cool. But all sorts of different things. Some work in human medicine now, so really? uh, human reproductive medicine. Okay. And others are working on agricultural research, so yeah. trying to uh, – maybe on welfare, Mm. uh, welfare of farm animals or better productivity of farm animals. That's so cool. Yeah, but they're pretty well spread out. And a lot of them have moved as well. So uh, one girl's doing her PhD in Canada at the moment. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I can imagine it's quite a transferable industry to be in because animals are animals. I mean, there's obviously Mm. native animals, but it's not super specific to each jurisdiction. There are opportunities everywhere. Yeah. And it's all like a lot of the physiology is the same. So yeah. Yeah. 
And is zookeeping one of those industries where, because there's like a finite amount of zoos, is it a really hard, coveted position to get into? Like doctors, you know, you can open your own GP practice. You can't really open your own zoo that easily. So <laughs> yeah. is it quite competitive? It is. And because it's such a, you know, lots of people grow up wanting to be a zookeeper. Yeah. So like it is a dream job of a lot of people. So yeah. I remember the first job I applied for, there were 300 applicants for one job. Whoa. Yeah, so it gets can be really competitive. Mm. So yeah. it doesn't always happen for everyone. And sometimes you feel like you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So it I can be that hard. in a lot of, a yeah. lot of industries. But it's just but, so, so interesting to know that, you know, from the, again, from the outside, you know that a lot of people you know have wanted to be a zookeeper for their whole lives, but you've never, I've never really asked how you would do it. Like it, yeah. this is the first time I've really thought about what you actually have to do to, <laughs> to do that. Yeah. And a lot of people volunteer. So that's, okay. that's kind of how you get the job. Even You need the, the education, but you, you really need to volunteer. I can't think of very many people who've gotten to be a job as a zookeeper without volunteering. Yeah. And you also had a job at Classic Timber Furniture while you were at uni as well. So <laughs> how did you juggle all that? Uh, yeah, I was living out of home. Yeah. So I think leaving home at 19 to go overseas means that you can't come and snuggle back into the <laughs> nest when you want to. I'm back. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, my meal's cooked for me yeah. now. Wash my clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was it was a bit tough. Now I look mm. back on it and I don't see how I did it. Yeah, volunteering uh, as well as working yeah, there and was, studying. Yeah, there were semesters where my one day off in the week I was volunteering and my two days off on the weekend I was at Classic Timber and then I was at lectures for the other one. So I, I wouldn't have a day off for 10 weeks. No. <laughs> and now I think if I don't have a day off for, for a, week. a week, I'm like, I'm dead, I, I need know. to go home. So. That's what being young mm. is. Yeah. <laughs> Those days. Yeah. Those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah, when we had all that energy. <laughs> yeah. And so when you did come to graduating, did you have your – so when I was a lawyer originally and you kind of had to do similar things like clerkships, which were volunteer programs that you could start from about third year and then by about fourth – fourth year yeah by about fourth year of five five to five and a half years you would have a job offer so for you guys can you kind of apply in advance or do you graduate and then you start sending out job applications or how do you kind of lock in your position uh because it's not because zookeeping doesn't have a specific education requirement Mm -hmm. uh, you can get a job before you graduate Uh, and a lot of people uh, choose TAFE over uni oh Uh, okay yeah so one of my friends started a job here halfway through her degree okay and she just worked you know one day on the weekend but it was yeah. a great and she was a volunteer for four years before that wow. so from as soon as she finished school to yeah. um, all the way through her degree and yeah that meant that when she finished her degree she was already already foot in the door oh, yeah but definitely so cool. volunteering is a good way yeah and we don't really have the scheduled uh programs programs yeah. yeah it's more up to you to see what you want to do and so you can yeah get into zookeeping without a degree? You can do. It is yeah. preferred. Yeah, okay. Um, and if you want to move up, then it's one of the things that they really strongly recommend. Okay. Oh, um, that's so but, yeah, you can technically get the job without, I didn't without a degree. That. Yeah. Oh, but I can um, see why it would be. Yeah, there. I can't think of – a lot of the older guys, like one of my colleagues is uh, 63. Yeah. And so he doesn't – he just came straight from school, at like a trade. Yeah, Just came yeah. straight in. Uh, but And now he's got the experience. Yeah, yeah. But I think happen. anyone I know under 30 has had a degree before – before coming in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. So your first job in the industry, I mean, I can't even explain, I can't even imagine how exciting it would have been to go from like studying it to actually just being on the ground and working with the animals yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> so your first job in the industry was as a wildlife keeper in 2012. Yeah. Is that right? And that was a... Cleveland, like, yeah. Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland Wildlife Park. Is that in yeah. SA? Is yeah. That, yeah. It's in the hills. So. Okay. And what yeah. was that like? What was it like getting your like hands on... For the first time. I think it was like walking on sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> this has been, I love that it's been your dream job. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and Cleveland's so beautiful. It's this, uh, it's a little uh, native animal park and a lot of it's open range. And oh, so wow. the first job in for my day would be to get in my little buggy and put all the animal food on and just drive around all the kangaroo paddocks and feed all the kangaroos. <laughs> and there's like native woodland birds coming in and emus and geese and it's just like 
and you know that beautiful morning light yeah and oh. um and you can see the city because it's in the hills so views over the city and it's just like paradise oh my god so i just remember driving around in my buggy just being like, <laughs> this is a dream yeah <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I'll do it for free. I know. I'm, as zoo customers, I'm like, I can't even imagine actually being paid to be at the zoo all day, yeah. every day. Like, that's just like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I can imagine as well, because you've suddenly gone from studying animals in theory to being actually responsible for their welfare, does that, like, the sense of responsibility kind of hit you when you're first out in the fields with them? Yeah, it can do. It's probably more now that that's happening as mm-hmm. well because now I'm a senior here mm. I kind of my say goes that I've found that oh. a bit <gasps> what <laughs> responsibility <do you> <laughs> what if I get it wrong yeah. <laughs> so how did you move to the zoo what was that um, um, you know, progression I always came to the zoo okay uh through uni, I had a membership here at the zoo and mm. I'd come and I'd sit by the pelicans and do my <laughs> lecture notes. I thought it would be inspiring. Yeah, it was. So cute. <laughs> uh, and I realised that there was a department here that I just really liked and mm. it was, uh, it's called Nature Theatre, Kids Zoo Nature Theatre. Oh. And the whole point of it is to connect people with the animals. Yeah. And I just thought that's what I want to do. I, um, I love the animals as well, but sharing them with people is really what, I loved about my job so yeah. I thought um and this area seemed to be that it was yeah all that was what it was about it was about um getting kids and, and adults to connect with the animals and, and get them to love them and oh I just thought that sounded gosh. amazing <laughs> <laughs> you're so uh, good at it <laughs> just this morning we've made friends with like so with Jasper the goat <laughs> and like Cooper the owl and they've all got names and they love you <laughs> it's crazy I bring them the food yeah. <laughs> She's the pellet lady. <laughs> so um, that yeah. was 2016 and then at the start of this year you became a senior zookeeper. Yeah. Well, I actually I started applying for jobs here in 2014. Okay. Uh, so really? it is quite competitive. Yeah. So I had six job interviews and I was unsuccessful with all of them. Oh. Um, <laughs> or even yeah. more now why you must just be like, pinch me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I was actually pretty close to being like, okay, this isn't going to happen for me. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to get a job at the zoo. And then they just called me up and said, oh, do you want to come work for us in a ca- as a casual? Yeah. Which is what I was at Cleveland as well. Oh, um, so yeah. sure. So I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> when do I start? For free, volunteer, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> I can live here? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, then they just brought me on as a casual. And then you just and worked then, your way yeah, into Yeah, uh, I got a few contracts so some people had maternity leave so I got to work their contracts and then worked my way to permanency oh my gosh and I was really lucky uh from getting my job to becoming permanent was about two years is that quite fast uh, yeah the average is seven oh wow yeah and then to be senior by like yeah. Not that long after. That's amazing. You've obviously found your calling. Yes, <laughs> I think so. So what does it involve day to day? Like I know you do a lot of the theatre like with kids when they come in and a lot of animal welfare and stuff. But day to day, you know, how much is out in the zoo versus like admin? Is there a lot of admin to do or research? You know, what are the bits of your job that you actually do day to day? Yeah, uh because I like to think it's just you playing with the animals. All Pretty day. much, I just come in and I play with all the animals, and, and then you go home. My face and then yeah. go home. Yeah. Big cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, where can I sign up? <laughs> uh, generally, it's cleaning in the morning, so mm-hmm. checking all the animals first thing in the morning. Any breakfasts that need to go, um, <laughs> and medications and cleaning, and then the second half of the day is normally dedicated to the presentation side of it. Um, but our area is really dynamic, so you've got to be ready for anything to happen. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do as well is I run the Zoomobile service. Oh, so we have, so It's cute. Fun. It's a big van that says Zoomobile on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we drive around uh, it later? Yeah. <laughs> we should have recorded this in there. <laughs> uh, but so I'll take uh, – some days I'll take uh, animals out to schools and do a presentation <gasps> there. Oh, my um, gosh, you can so, take them with you? Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, not yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah, like what, what would you normally take with you? Uh, we normally take a quokka. Oh, my and, God, I love um, the <laughs> And lots of other cute fluffy animals, little ones. Yeah, fluffier. Native. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we also take snakes and lizards. 
insects and frogs and yeah. What are your presentations usually? They, oh, it depends. We often ask what they want. Okay. So some schools are learning things that they might learn about adaptations or they might be learning about uh, how you classify animals, like which ones, what one's called with fur called and what one's with scales called. Okay. So we kind of tailor it to what they want to learn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That must be so much fun. It is. And seeing them engage with something that you love must yeah. just be like you've got that whole education imparting of wisdom part but yeah. then you're, you you already love what what you're teaching so that's yeah. so much fun and it's my favorite are the little really little kids so we oh. go out to kindergarten oh. and oh sometimes you drive up and they're all like oh my god the zoomobile is here <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cool and they're so smart and it's so fun to just be talking like, I'll be like this animal blends in with its environment and this four year old be like that's no <laughs> that word has a lot That's of letters a big word. <laughs> well done yeah <laughs> and then yeah do you have to do much kind of business admin at the back or or like you know re- record keeping or are you doing research on the animals do you if you wanted to continue kind of what you were doing with your thesis would you be able to still have a research role at the zoo we might be able to uh, we do take part in research mm-hmm. at the zoo but it is limited uh, but we have a, an area that organises that. Okay. But we definitely help them with observations and uh, a lot of veterinary research as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the moment where one of the projects are looking at, which might be for University of Adelaide, is about snake condition. Wow. So sometimes it's difficult to tell whether an animal's fat or skinny. <laughs> and so there's different ways of telling. You can't just weigh it because, you know, each animal's going to be like us. You couldn't say a 100-kilo yeah. person is overweight because they might just be really tall. Yeah, yeah, uh, no. So they're working on on how to work out a snake is healthy. So, so we're helping them with that at the moment. That's so um, interesting. I also yeah. just learned this morning that penguins, because I was like, oh, good boy. And then Michelle was like, that's a girl. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, how do you tell? And you can't tell. Their bits are all on the inside. So you don't know. I did not know that. That's fascinating. And you have to like take a feather and send the feather off to a lab to figure out if they're a boy or a girl. Yep. What? (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) If any of you listening love animals as much as Michelle and I clearly do, you might be considering how you too could end up in a dream role working with them every day. The University of Adelaide is offering a Bachelor of Veterinary Technology commencing in semester one of 2020, which involves three years at the Roseworthy campus of highly practical learning, including hands-on experience with a variety of animals. With a working farm on campus, could there be a better environment to learn in? You'll graduate with advanced skills and experience across state-of-the-art technology, medical treatments, with so many other options to specialise in, like small animals, equine, farming and more. From there on, you're equipped for so many different ways TA across veterinary practice, biosecurity and pharmaceutical development, or even zoo veterinary hospitals or wildlife rehabilitation centres. I'll pop the link in the show notes so you can find out more. Do you have to spend any time in an office? Or yeah, so we do a lot of record keeping mm-hmm. um, and we do a lot of training in our area so we always record that we've trained the animals uh and how they're going in their training some of the animals get weighed daily um but pretty much everyone gets weighed fortnightly it's a really good way of of keeping a check on their health Mm -hmm. uh and we have sort of a log of health each day so Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong then we we have a way of recording it yeah but I think as a senior I'm only just started my senior role yeah what is that what has changed for you so far just a lot of panic (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of like Oh, what am I doing? Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> yeah. I screwed it up. Um, <laughs> I screwed all the animals. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to take a bit more admin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm helping to develop new shows. Yeah, okay. Uh, and also uh, we do some breeding for endangered species. So we're looking at breeding our bilbies at the moment. Um, yeah, they're real cute. Oh. And some of them we've sent to potentially be released in the future. Wow. So, yeah, so more of the managed species breeding programs as well. Are there any – is there much coordination between different zoos? Yeah, heaps. That's I think so a lot of people don't realise that. I don't think they do yeah. at all. And then I just suddenly thought, you know, even with the pandas, who were just talking about Wang Wang and Funi, who are the two pandas for context, the two <laughs> pandas who are at Adelaide Zoo, uh, that, you know, they – 
aren't breeding very well and there's literally I did not know this either but there's only 36 hours where the egg drops for the the for which one's yeah. the girl Funi Funi yeah, yeah. Funi can only conceive for like 36 hours of a year yeah <laughs> and then you'd have you have to like swap in, you know animals in and out of breeding programs and that mm. would involve coordinating with lots of different zoos around the world yeah and I think a lot of people don't realize that they say oh well why don't you just get another tiger? And so, well, we can't just <laughs> from where go and buy a tiger <laughs> yeah. from eBay or something. Yeah. Uh, and because, you know, these animals are so special and we have to make sure that we always have homes for them. So generally for each species, there's one person in Australia mm-hmm. who decides where animals go to make sure that we're breeding them properly. Okay. And that they're not, you know, breeding with someone they're related to. Oh. Um, yeah, that's so they're an like, issue. Yeah, and so they're like <laughs> the most genetically healthy and um, make sure that we've got space. Yeah. So, yeah, like so for the penguins, we couldn't just decide to breed all the penguins because then we'd have all these penguins and yeah. we'd have <laughs> too many penguins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything's like very carefully managed and zoos all work together. So yeah, we're, that's we're, cool. Yeah. Do you like, ever get to do like industry-wide, are there conferences and things where you meet each other or where you kind of share knowledge or are they upskilling every couple of years or something where you – you know, if there's new research emerging or... Yeah, yeah, there's a few. There's a Zookeepers Association um, and there's a Zoo Association as well, Zoo and Aquarium Association. So they have yearly conferences uh, and there's a lot of specialised ones as well. So they try and, like, I think the one coming up is for uh, monitors, so goannas. Oh. Um, So a goanna care workshop and there's an animal (laughs) training workshop coming up. So, yeah, there's a lot out there. I'm sure it's hard work, but it just sounds hysterically fun. (laughs) Like everything that you've said, I'm like, oh, my God, that is the best thing ever. <laughs> it is a good excuse as well. I was like, oh, I need to go to that workshop. Yeah. When oh, yeah. Really, I just want to go to Corumban Wildlife Sanctuary yeah. and see all the <laughs> So, what would you say are some of the best parts of the job and then some of the most challenging parts of the job? Hmm. I mean, all of it is the best part. <laughs> uh, well, my favorite, I really love the presentations. Yeah. So, we do the bird show and it's just so much fun. I love yeah. it. I love hanging out with the birds. Uh, I love when people gasp when one of the birds flies over their head. Yeah. And you just feel, yeah, like you're really, like people are really enjoying it and really yeah. getting into it. And the birds are having so much fun yeah. as well. Wee! So, yeah, they get to fly. And so, yeah, definitely, and sharing sharing with people yeah. and I love snakes and not everyone loves really? snakes yeah so uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh, have people patting snakes and kind of breaking that yeah that fear the down stigma. yeah <laughs> uh, but all of it's fun uh, recently something that I did was I helped to raise some owls so I had to take them home every night and I had owls home in to your my house yeah <laughs> oh my gosh Owls I love how your room. homework is like take an owl home. Yeah, <laughs> look after it. Yeah. You Make are sure Harry okay. Potter. You're a wizard, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think about how big it was going to be when I said, "Oh yeah, I'll do that." But yeah, yeah when you have two owls flying around your lounge room, oh you're gosh. like, "Oh, what have I done?" Do they poo everywhere? Yep. Oh, everywhere. Good. <laughs> and they decided they like to perch on top of my TV. And mm. the thought of those talons going into my telly, I was like, "All right, just stay still. Yeah. <laughs> Don't move." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun and rewarding. And yeah. now they're grown up and back here at the zoo, yeah. so they'll hopefully be in shows soon. That's so um, cool. So that was, yeah. And every time I look at them and I think, oh, my God, you're so tiny. <laughs> you're my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget mummy. <laughs> I'm your mother. You must do what yeah. I say. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, that was really rewarding as well. What about mm. some of the challenges? Like is it long hours or is it, you know, when an animal gets sick or – do you, do you burn out? Like, is it one of those jobs that's kind of, you know, seems really, really fun on the outside, but then it's really hard to put it away and go home and, like, yeah. detach? All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we obviously work uh, – we do seven days in a row and then have a couple of days off okay. normally. Uh, so – and it's quite physical. Yeah. So you can get pretty tired and you really got to look after your body because uh, most zookeepers have sore backs yeah. <laughs> um, at one point or another. So you really got to look after yourself. And we generally work public holidays, mm-hmm. um, Christmas a lot yeah. of the time. Oh, so yes. we're open on Christmas Day. And even when I've worked places where we're closed, you still have to feed the animals. So oh my gosh, someone of has course. to go in. Yeah. yeah, the zoo doesn't just be like, <laughs> I didn't You're even on your think own. of that. <laughs> <laughs> Who looks after them overnight? 
no one really looks after them overnight unless something's going on. Yeah. So okay. yeah, if they're something, fine. Okay. yeah, if they're fine, then we have security guards to make sure that you know no one's coming in to mess with them. But yeah. um, they look after themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got to <laughs> worry independent about independent woman, <laughs> <laughs> independent penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favourite animal to work with? Mm. All of them. Yeah, they're just uh, all your children. Yeah. I can see this motherly look on her face. Like, <laughs> I love them all. I love them all. Uh, I guess the goats, I was really surprised when I came to the zoo. I was so such a native animal nerd. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, and there's also goats. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you know. Yeah. They're in paddocks. Yeah. Ugh. I'll probably eat them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I was just so surprised to see all their different personalities and how fun they were and cheeky. And yeah. So I really enjoyed working with them uh and the penguins oh i love the penguins so much we just went to visit both of them and they literally (laughs) run towards michelle like she's a piece of food but like (laughs) even when you didn't have food they still like the goats follow you around like you're the pied piper (laughs) it is so cute and one of them in particular just like is like a puppy like nestles his head into you and it's like hey mommy (laughs) so cute he's gorgeous i'd take him home if i could (laughs) imagine if you could (laughs) They know. They're like, if they come in and Flinders is gone, they know the first place to check would oh, be yeah. my backyard. <laughs> do you name them? Uh, or do, like who gets to name new ones? We kind of have rules. So uh, if you're the first to see it, you get to name it. Oh, that's so, a good one. Yeah. So, like yeah. when they're babies? Yeah. So I saw a goat get born and I named him Jax. Um, so I got to name him. So oh. that was the rule there. Uh, but we do a lot of consensus as well. Okay. So if someone says something ridiculous, yeah. like I wanted to name one of the goats Goaty McGoatface and that oh, was I shot down. I think that down. would be really good though. No, no. I, I mean, our car is called Ranger McRangeface. Like, ha- and I just think it's great. It's a great time. Mm, I think so. I agree. But, but I was shot down. great penguin names. Like yeah. there was, oh, what was the really cute one? Oddball? Like yeah. there's some really cute ones like that. Yeah. And the guinea pig names. Yeah. Butterscot. No, Buttercream. Yeah. yeah. And it looked like Buttercream. <laughs> and then what are some of the, like the quirkiest or coolest things that you've learned about the animals here that people wouldn't expect like for example that pandas can only breed for 36 hours a year like I knew they were lazy but like that's, <laughs> that's taking it that's to like the top pretty, isn't it I mean babe come on <laughs> we've put a lot of effort in here you yeah. can come to the party yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Wang Wang is not that unattractive like get it together looks like a pretty handsome yeah, panda yeah he's a pretty right, handsome Lord. panda yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, quirky things I guess probably the birds a lot of people don't think of birds as having a personality yeah <laughs> and that are scared of the flappiness yeah um, and they're very sharp I think mm. it's because like quokkas are fluffy yeah but like birds are like sharp with their talons and their nose they're yeah like yeah and you can't read them like yeah. if you look at it because we've grown up with dogs and cats if yeah. you look at a quokka you can kind of know oh yeah you're you know excited you're scared or yeah but birds it's like I don't know what you're thinking yeah. are you are you gonna, you gonna come at me, me? Yeah. <laughs> um so getting to know them and yeah like all their little personalities oh, and yeah like each I guess probably each animal has its own personality um it's probably one of the the quirkier things yeah that's so cool I wouldn't ever have thought of birds of as having personalities but then I (laughs) but then Cooper the owl was kind of like Hmm. I'm sussing things out you know he's looking around his neck going like all around and like (laughs) he was looking at Jasper the goat like they were full having eyes on each other Mm. it was really interesting I was like wow what's this (laughs) dynamic something's going on here (laughs) and then in terms of career progression what is next like what are the kind of milestones that you can aim for or that you particularly want to uh, and then if there was anyone else, you know, listening who was interested in zookeeping, what else could they do from here on? Um, well, as far as career progression goes, I, I'm actually still a bit surprised that I'm the senior keeper. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's not anything that – it's not something I thought that I would want to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not someone who wants to climb the ladder up in the zoo ranks. I thought I'd just always want to – I got my job as a keeper presenter and I thought that's it. Okay. I'm, as far as career progression, I'm done. Uh, but – Rather than being ambitious in wanting to move up the ladder, I realised that I'm ambitious in kind of little ways. So okay. improving the welfare of an animal or improving yeah. a show mm. or getting us to do something better. And then I realised with the senior job that that's something that I could achieve 
if I kind of moved into into a more senior role. Yeah. So I'm not really looking at going up. Like the next step would be to go to an assistant curator and then a curator role. Oh, uh, yeah. What is the chain? Like what's, yeah, what, if you did want to go up, what comes next? Like yeah, I don't even be know. assistant curator. Yeah. Um, and the curator role is managing what comes in and out of the park and the day-to-day uh, operations. So they're okay. kind of the big boss. Yeah. And is the curator yeah. like the king of the zoo? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Or the queen of the zoo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they manage things on a bigger level. Yeah. And you know, make sure that we've got the right species in. And yeah. The, okay. Uh, they're breeding right and that kind of thing. But yeah, I quite like where I am. It's so mm. interesting that you said that because I think one of the things that you know encouraged me to start the podcast was the fact that we're all always pushed towards up. Like going yeah. up and like people think of ambition as only going up, not just doing better at what you're already doing. And even with our business, the bigger it gets, the further I get away from the bit that I'm really good at and the bit yeah. that I like. And I've had to really bring my mind around to the fact that you can still be very ambitious and very successful and fulfilled if you choose to stay at a particular level. Even though everyone else, all the forces of society are pushing you like, well, why wouldn't you just go bigger? I mean, of course you would go bigger. But I mean, for you, that would mean going further away from what you love doing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's so much to do here as Mm. well. So Mm. yeah, small achievements are really important to me and seniority yeah. in a particular ladder whatever ladder you think that you're climbing it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be happier or better or more yeah. productive you know what I mean yeah it's, yeah I think that's something that people forget and then they end up going you know further steps just for the sake of it and then being like why am I here like this is far mm. away from what I actually love doing so I love that you already know that ambition can be lots of different things and that for you it doesn't necessarily involve going upwards because then it would just be admin I mean there'd be so much more so much less time with the animals, I imagine. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to hug Flinders every yeah, morning. I'm rude. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that brings us to the next section, which is NATA, which is pretty much all the things that have gotten in the way of your joy or your fulfillment along the way, both in terms of in the actual job, but even just generally along the journey, like self-doubt or burnout or that concept of productivity pressure and always feeling the need to kind of be connected or be doing the next best thing or even balance with family and friends, you know, what have some of the big challenges been for you? I think definitely balance, Mm -hmm. uh, learning to switch off when Mm -hmm. you go home. And you can imagine that sometimes I'll be laying in bed and you'll be drifting off to sleep and then you're like, did I lock the penguin gate? (laughs) I don't remember locking the penguin gate. (laughs) For most people it's like, did I turn off the iron? Yeah. And for you, it's like, did I let all of the penguins yeah. wild in Adelaide? Yeah. And then you just six hours just laying awake thinking, oh, no. Where are the penguins? Where are the penguins right now? Or Yeah, so there's a lot of that you just got to accept that you've probably done the right yeah. thing. Um, and, yeah, switching off as well. I think especially when you're in the start of your career, because – zookeeping is so competitive and we all start as casuals and then we have to work our way into a permanent position so it can get really competitive Mm. and then and I see a lot of people who just try and do everything and then you see them emailing me at you know 11 at night and I think this is great but you need you're going to burn yourself out you need to have that balance yeah yeah Yeah, definitely if I was going to give advice to people who in that part it would be you know do your best but Mm. also if you're tired or burnt out, you're not going to be doing your best. And that's when yeah, mistakes happen. Totally. And, uh, you know, in an animal facility, mistakes can be bad. I mean, in our area, we don't have anything too dangerous, mm. but you can still let animals out or you could make a mistake that mm. could uh, be bad for the animal. So you've really got to be switched on. So, yeah, definitely looking after yourself is really important. Yeah, your st- the stakes are so much higher when you're actually looking after living things yeah, rather than just exactly. like pushing paper around. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I like, oh, I forgot to submit the report. Yeah, it's different to, I oh, I forgot to feed the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I had no cocker or yeah. something. Yeah, and compassion fatigue is a big thing yes. in our industry. So yeah. uh, either having so much happen that you just numb yourself to everything mm. or just being so involved that you're just a complete mess. Yeah. Um, and obviously... Like losing animals is really hard. Oh, I can't even um, imagine. Yeah. And like I can think of times where I've just been an absolute mess at work because of a, an animal who's passed away. Yeah. But you do kind of – I mean most of the time it's 
you know, are they old? Yeah, so it's like you, a natural Yeah, so you process. get used to that kind of natural process. Mm. Uh, but it can be really tough. Mm. So, Is it an industry, is it like a gender equal industry? Not really anymore. So it used to be really male dominated. Okay. Uh, and I think, especially probably previously, it was a lot more physical as well. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, the zookeepers would do more of the maintenance. Uh, yeah. And... Maybe for that reason as well, it was yeah, more, yeah. more male dominated, but uh, it's now becoming more female dominated. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so that's never um, been like a, a problem along the way. No, no, that's no, great. It's been pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think here at the zoo, we've probably got more female than male now. Wow. Um, and going through my animal science degree as well, there was really? a lot more females. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, so, and I think that's been quite a recent turn. So yeah. it's interesting that women are maybe taking more interest in these areas mm, yeah. I think and the, science I was going to well. say yeah the yeah. push for women in science has suddenly become a lot more supported I think like the whole stem women in stem is it's not that it's just a trendy topic but it's actually <laughs> like I think there's actually a lot of initiative and funding and yeah it seems like there's a, a lot of effort being put into encouraging women into stem in an area where it has traditionally been very difficult for them to break in for them, I mean, for us, yeah, to bring it in. <laughs> but I think, it, I think it's wonderful. It's so exciting to see yeah. that. So then the very last section is my favourite. It's called Play TA, which is just focusing on the fact that I think as we get older and we get more bogged down in adult responsibilities and being grown up and being successful and achieving and all that stuff, a lot of people lose sight of whether they're actually enjoying what they're doing or they just get, even when they love their job, they forget to have joy outside of it, which is what leads to burnout, I think. And we're just in this world that's allowed us to go so fast and everything's like can happen in a minute and we're connected all the time, but there's not a lot of time for us to just do things that aren't productive or that have no purpose. And I imagine like being around animals, it's a lot easier to kind of lose track of time and to just be focused on the joy of watching an animal just eat or like <laughs> live. But I still think it's really hard for, for a lot of us to just enjoy things for what they are and not always feel like we need to be learning or pushing or doing, you know, where uh, one of the guests on who came on very early in the show said, we're human beings, not human doings, <laughs> which made me really think, you know, yeah. we do, we get very, very focused on output and achieving and working and, um, and delivering, you know, deliverables all the time. So mm -hmm. in between your work and your, your spare time, do you have anything in your life that's just for the joy, that's not necessarily zoo or animal related, and that's just because you love it? A few things. Uh, well, one thing is recently I've started reading again. I found that when I got to uni, I was just reading constantly uni stuff or related to uni. Mm -hmm. And I uh, would go home and read books about animals yeah. <laughs> uh, or not at all. And so something that I've been trying to do recently is just read more. Uh, so And so fiction. Cool. Just Yes. Like, I, mainly science fiction or and stuff like that and just yeah like there's no purpose to reading this except for for joy it. Yeah. I love that and it's so good um also I love rock climbing oh, so amazing. that's a passion of mine so I make sure that I get out uh usually, well we go indoor climbing at least once a week and try and no get outside way. as much as possible yeah that's so, so cool that's good and I think it's good to have that balance um I just booked a couple of holidays and the first thing my partner said to me when I booked them was, what animal facilities were yeah. we visiting? <laughs> We're going to ask. <laughs> I was like, you were well trained. <laughs> uh, but then I thought, you know what? Maybe we should just not. Like, maybe we should just have a holiday. Wow. So, I mean, we are we are still going to go to some. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not feeling every day. With just animals. Yeah. So That's I've what put, I was like, one day is for animals and then the rest of the stuff we can do other things that we enjoy, like oh, hiking or amazing. going to the beach or, yeah. Because I think so. when you find something that you really love and that happens to be something that other people do for leisure, that mm. it becomes even harder for you to take time off because for most people going to the zoo on a holiday is like, leisure you know it's yeah. playing but for you it's like <laughs> subtly it's like work yeah I'm the worst person to go to a zoo with as well because <laughs> you're like, like I picking go, out everything yeah I go to a zoo and I'm like looking at every single exhibit I'm like mm, yes oh yeah well, I would have done the den differently yeah. and oh, that's an interesting <laughs> substrate we should use that at the zoo and but everyone else is just like oh a tiger that's nice and yeah. walks off <laughs> And they're done in an hour and a half and oh. I'm, you know, eight hours later still taking notes. Yeah. About <laughs> Michelle, yeah. enjoy 
hate the animals. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to see everything as oh, well. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, we haven't seen Even the, the boring insects. animals. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we need to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see the insects. <laughs> and it's like not even an exhibit. It's just you looking at like trees yeah. <laughs> along the path. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so good though that you have climbing and that you have reading. Because again, like I was very similar law at uni just kind of killed my buzz for reading because there were so many readings and it wasn't fun anymore and so I like didn't read for maybe 10 years yeah same because I was like ew that's like working (laughs) and now I've just gotten back into it but at the beginning when I first started reading it was business books because we just started a business I was like oh I need to like learn about Mm. finance and like business growth and stuff which is clearly not relaxing but I'd be in the bath <laughs> reading and be like I'm not you know I'm, I'm so relaxed I'm so reading <laughs> but then I had to do the same I was like fiction only it has to be mm. so I love crime fiction oh cool which has yeah. no purpose at yeah. all like towards anything that I do <laughs> but I figured you know one of my favorite quotes is time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time yeah and you have to make room for that stuff because otherwise even if you're in the best job in the world which I can imagine like it sounds like being a zookeeper is pretty much the best job in the world <laughs> You still get tired, you know, your brain still gets, it needs to switch off and it needs to have time where if it, if you've forgotten what time it is, I feel like that's when you're in your flow state. If you are doing something and it's like so consuming that you don't know when your next appointment is, or you, you can forget how long you've been there, then that's, that's a passion. Yeah. Which I think is fun. It's funny as well, because you do get caught up in the day to day. Mm stuff and you kind of forget how amazing it is my friend or colleague uh and I had to train a macaw so we're like oh yeah gotta train the macaw so we go (laughs) and we get the macaw and we take him to an aviary and then we're just talking about business things you know zoo business (laughs) as we're flying this macaw back and forth and then he just stopped and he was like where flying an exotic parrot between (laughs) and just chilling yeah <laughs> and they're paying us yeah. like let's just take a moment to no really enjoy anybody yeah. they're gonna take it away that's what i think i feel like they're gonna take it away yeah. <laughs> you know you're in a job that you love when you're scared of like them taking away your work <laughs> <laughs> and how do you keep in shape in between like how do you look after yourself do you have to like do you have time to exercise or is that what rock climbing is for you yeah rock climbing and cycling uh but i think it's definitely important to to keep in shape because mm. we do a lot of physical work. Um, to be a zookeeper, I had to pass a physical test. So, really? yeah, I had to show that I could lift a certain amount and I could do particular exercises. Wow. Um, do you have to re-qualify every year or no, something? No, which oh, is lucky. Good. <laughs> yeah. Things go a little bit south, we'll be all right. <laughs> so there was a police woman on here recently and she's like, oh, the fitness test was crazy. And she's like, but you never have to do it again. So yeah. then after that, it's fine. <laughs> so you just be like, as fit as you can yeah. be. But yeah. And then it's like, I can just relax and let it all hang out. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but I think it's good for letting go as well so Mm. um exercise is really good for your mental health too totally yeah totally so second last question to finish up what are three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation oh I'm gonna have to think about that (laughs) it's a weird question but I feel like really fun stuff always comes out (laughs) but see most of the normal interesting things about me involve animals yeah yeah I know probably covered that (laughs) yeah true it's usually things like allergies or party tricks like weird skills Mm. weird like things you're really good at or like one of them was Oh, who was it? Christina uh, Carlson, who founded Kiki K, was that if she eats raw carrots, she gets an itchy throat. Like really <laughs> weird stuff. But I feel like then you all, then all the listeners walk away feeling like they know a little something about you. They're yeah. like, I know that chick. I know that she gets an itchy throat. I need, she... I need to talk to that lady because I get hiccups every time I eat a carrot. No. Yeah, without fail. <laughs> raw or both? Raw. And then I annoy oh. people because I love eating a giant raw carrot and then I Even though hiccups. you know that there's yeah. hiccups. <laughs> so I do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> do you speak any other languages or do you have any, like, mm. can you juggle? I can juggle, actually. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure, really. Okay. If you did anything else in the world, if you had to choose, just say there were no animals on the planet, what would you do? I'd want to be a postman. (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, my God, that's the best. Really? I don't know why. You're the funniest. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to be a postman. Really? Um, Yeah. Be postman, Pat, why? Uh, Well, I mean, you get to ride a motorbike. Oh, that's fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't know, just like... (laughs) You just think it would be just like a really fun time. Yeah, and like your achievement's perfect because you just start the day, you have to deliver all the mail and then you're done. 
I like tick the mm. job jobs. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah, that whole <laughs> delineation of like I'm finished my work. Yeah, yeah. I miss having like a finish. That would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> I can off. imagine you with like a little poster <laughs> uniform. That'd be <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I ride a motorbike. So oh, I you do for a while. Run? So I've already oh. got my motorbike license. So I'm already like 50% of the way. You're already a postwoman. postman. Yeah, yeah postwoman, postperson. Postperson. <laughs> <laughs> um, other strange things about me, I'm not too sure. I was born on Friday the 13th. Ooh. And bad things do tend to happen to me on my birthday. Oh, so On your birthday? Oh, yeah. That's really mean. I got robbed once on my birthday oh, and I broke God. my arm once on my birthday. Oh, no. So Nick was born on Friday the 13th. Ah, winning. See, I think it's good. It's good. But you, does bad things happen to you? <laughs> that's what my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what my mum says. I say thirteen's my lucky number because I was born on thirteen. She said, "Well, it was pretty unlucky for me." <laughs> Thanks, mum. Wow, I love you, mum. Thank you. <laughs> Keeping it real. Yeah. Uh, and since I love quotes so much, what's your favourite motivational quote? Ooh, I might have to look at my phone mm. see if I've got consult the archives yeah <laughs> is it an animal related quote I probably mean, <laughs> <laughs> never doubt that a small group of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world indeed it's the only thing that ever has <gasps> that's such a nice one hmm. I, I like that. that I think even when you don't feel like you're doing you know everyone has this thing that they have to change the world and mm. it's like no you can just change like someone's world or which is a little bit of the world still changing the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree i love that i think mm. um there's another quote that's very similar to that that i love which is if you can't do big things do small things in a big way oh yeah which, which i like too because it reminds mm. you even if you're doing one tiny thing if everyone did that one tiny thing it'd have a yeah. much bigger impact than the big change makers that do the big things yeah know? it all counts yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining and for the amazing tour. This has been the best <laughs> Monday of my whole entire life. <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. No worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, this was such a fun day. There are so many jobs out there that we know about, but just have so little clue about what it actually involves day to day. And I loved learning about the workings of the zoo from Michelle. As we're heading off overseas this week for a little pre-wedding moon, and another wedding in Italy. I've got a few weeks in the bank for you and can't wait to share them all. It feels so weird just sitting on episodes and not being able to tell you about them until they actually come out. (laughs) There's a cardiothoracic surgeon, an educational psychologist, a body image advocate, and so much more. In the meantime, please keep sharing the yay. It warms my heart so much to know what you take from each chat. So take a screenshot now, as always, and tag at wildlife underscore shell, C-H-E-L-L-E, and myself so we know what you thought. Hope you're having an amazing day and a seizing your yay.